Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Mark and Sarah. Talk about socks. Well, our knuckles are white, our cheeks are tear-stained, and our throats <laughs> are raw from all the screaming. That must mean that we've made it to the Elite Eight of the March Mastis Tournament and that we've seen and ingested as best we can some of the crazy upsets that we saw all across this bracket, brought on in large part by Patreon votes that went opposite uh, from the way that the Facebook votes went in very close matches. So to give you a little bit more info on that, I'm first, of course, going to introduce my delicious co-host, Sarah D. Bunting. Hello. Oh, hello. And uh, for those of you who are just joining us, although I can't imagine there are that many of you, I just want to remind you that you can vote in March Mastis on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash mastis.podcast. If you are a Patreon patron, you can vote again and have a huge impact on the results, as we've seen uh, in this most recent contest. You will be able to start voting in the Elite Eight polls tomorrow, Thursday, March 21st. We're recording this on Wednesday, March 20th. And uh, Sarah, without further ado, why don't you tell us what happened on the left side of the bracket in that sweet, sweet 16? Oh, my God. Okay, so um, here we are in the Elite Eight, which basically means that um, the upcoming matchups are going to decide the winners of each region. Um, Beginning at the top left of the bracket, here is who remains the Eurythmics and the police. Um, The Eurythmics beat the Smiths. Uh, who were the number one seed in this region. And after all of the conversations that we have had, both with you guys on Facebook and here on the podcast, about um, Morrissey basically like British MAGA-ing his band to defeat. Yes, I know. The Smiths also contain Johnny Marr. I also love him. That was not enough to save them. They got trounced pretty handily by the Eurythmics, 69 to 31, uh, as noted by Mike Dunn, who said the Go Fuck Yourself Morrissey Brigade is well-organized and participating. And I believe you, Mark, asked if uh, Mike was handing out lapel pins outside the polling station. People did seem pretty conflicted about this, but then even the conflicted people, I think, went with the Eurythmics. Listener Chantal Kelly said, I've been thinking about the Desert Island criteria. Overall, I have to vote for the Eurythmics because, well, I don't know. I can't separate those 80 singles from my memories at all. That's a good enough reason, right? That said, how can I vote against How Soon Is Now? I need this song to cheer me up over the fact that New Order lost to Duran Duran. Ew. Um, the ew makes it art. Um, but yes, a lot of people struggled with this vote, but not enough people. Um, and here we are with the Eurythmics um, about to fight for the Moody Broody title. Uh, but the real nail biter in this division was, of course, the police versus the cure, which the police won by two votes. Two votes, people. Insert police brutality joke here. Wait, don't. That's a terrible taste, but I gotta be me. Um, I would like to um, share with you a horrifyingly accurate actual college basketball comparison from Chris Martin to wit, quote, You two is the Duke, and the police are the Kansas of this tourney, annoyingly good and just too huge, end quote. Um, I might tweak that to the police being 
uh, University of Kentucky. And in this scenario, I would deeply love to know who translates to whom you two to Duke. Is Bono Grayson Allen? Is he Christian Leitner? Is he Coach Gay? I've totally lost Mark here, but if you listeners I know what I'm guessing on about. a beautiful dream <laughs> that the cure didn't lose by two votes and instead won. Let that me tell you, I was bonkers. refreshing that poll on Facebook to an obsessive degree. I was doing my best to drum up cure votes on my social media. I made sure that my husband, who has only been voting on Patreon, went in and voted on Facebook for them as well. But it just was not meant to be. But it was very exciting, Sarah. It was very good entertainment to watch all it, this go It down. really was. And this is why, you know, this is why hashtag yay democracy. Um, and Mary again, Santiago. Well, actually, it's sort of democracy. But really the reason that The Cure lost is because we allow our patrons to vote Chicago style. So yeah, if well, you are a patron and you voted for the police, go ahead and give yourself a pat on the crown of the head because you are the reason <laughs> that the police are moving on to the Elite Eight. A, a pat on the wallet. Um, we we appreciate you. <laughs> um, Meredith Santiago shared with us one of our, um, f- you know, the, our favorite thing about this, the stories. Uh, quote, I have fond memories of being a shy seventh grade outcast hanging out at lunch at the drama teacher's room with my fellow weirdos listening to The Cure, among other moody 80s bands who will not survive to the end of this bracket. Uh, and I would like to also shout out Estelle DePere, my college roomie, hello potato, um, who called this matchup impossible, and Lord knows she and I spent enough time lounging around 73 Patton Hall listening to Disintegration, I was a little surprised that the cure did not rally to beat the police and to do it by a more significant percentage than two votes or five votes or whatever. But yeah, I mean, th- that was did a not surprise happen. to me. I was also I thought that the Eurythmics had a shot, but the fact that they trounced the Smiths like went ahead, like Annie Lennox went over to Morrissey with two gloves and slapped him with both. Boom, 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 and then walked away. Mm. I was surprised. Um, one more comment on this matchup before we make our predictions. Uh, listener Nick, I I don't know how to pronounce this last name, but under the circumstances, I am going to rhyme it with which. And you can correct me with a quickness for future episodes, but Nick Witch wrote that he would vote for The Cure if he thought the Smiths could win their bracket just for the ultimate mopey emo matchup of all time. And... Quote, despite his seeming lethargy, I still believe Robert Smith would beat Morrissey's bigoted ass to death with his guitar. End quote. Mic drop. Amen. Hey. As as for this matchup now, Eurythmics versus the police, this is an extremely weird matchup. I think the Eurythmics are going to win based on what I am seeing in in the um, electorate. I will be voting for the police. But I'm not necessarily going to be happy about it. But I think the Eurythmics win. Mark, what do you think? What makes you choose the police? I'm interested. Um, I just have this like enduring relationship with the Synchronicity album mm. that I can't... Like if it's Desert Island time, I, I feel like uh, Annie and Dave will be invited to many Desert Islands without my help. Um, and I just don't... I don't want Sting to mess up his pretty, pretty hair. By having to swim. And here's the good news. If Sting is on an island with you, you know what you'll be doing for six hours every day. 
Oh my God! Please no! <laughs> I, I, I changed my vote. I feel like Annie and Dave will be like, you know what? This really only has to take twenty minutes. We're extremely efficient, and um, we're gonna make this thruple work. Have a coconut. Enjoy. <laughs> well, I would. De- <laughs> that took a turn. Hello. I would definitely get into. <laughs> Listen that. with your kids. March fastest. <laughs> Everyone, ask what a thruple is. <laughs> ask your grandma. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say before I took it to a rated R place? Just that I would vote for the Eurythmics, and I think that the 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 intensity with which they walloped the Smiths and the close call that the police had with the Cure suggests that you're right, that the Eurythmics are mm. going to win. But girl, we're about to get to some shit that I never predicted in 100 years, so who even knows? Oh, my God. Okay, so, yes, proceeding to um, the florid and fabulous uh, region, bottom uh, left-hand side of the bracket. (laughs) Now we have Duran Duran versus Wham. Um, Duran Duran beat Culture Club 68% to 32%. Did you find that percentage surprising, Mark? Yes, I thought it would be closer. So did I. I thought Duran Duran was going to win, probably, but I really love the Culture Club, and I... I thought that they would get more votes. Although I understand that this is not people saying that they hate the culture club. It's just that people felt more passionately about Duran Duran, but still. Yeah. And I really liked the comments in that section. People just sort of having therapy in their comments about like, you know, Duran Duran, um, they seemed surprised that when it came down to it and they talked it out for themselves, they were voting for D squared because they had, um, aged better and kept going longer as a band. Yeah. Um, also, the, the Laban can still get it vote from my girl Carrie. Thank you. And uh, I would also like to thank Tori Tomlinson for the following anecdote. Quote, I got in a lot of trouble when a friend gave me the unrated video single on Betamax of Girls on Film. Our mothers both got the vapors when they saw it. Did they turn Japanese? Hmm. Ooh. Uh, I was I was expecting that one to be closer. Um I also expected Wham! and Pet Shop Boys to go a different way based on the comments that were not terribly kind to Wham! versus George Michael solo. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that um, the patrons definitely made a difference there. Well, you know, um, I, was, I, was, I was impressed that Pet Shop Boys pulled up to like 46, 45% on Facebook by the end because at first... It was a trouncing, and then they really rallied. And I think that there were some people who made some really thoughtful comments about why we should support the Pet Shop Boys. But at the end of the day, I think that it's one of those classic electoral problems where all of the rational good sense in the world pales next to the visceral yeah. love that people <laughs> Joy have Bob. For, the, for the yeah, like people just love George Michael, and it doesn't matter that he's like. It doesn't matter, you know, like all of the rational arguments in the world are not going to get around the fact that he's George Michael. Also, I again, I appreciate the the distinction between George Michael Solo and, and George Michael and Wham, but George Michael was a genius. So are yeah. the Pet Shop Boys. But George, anyway, you can't get over yeah. your love for George Michael, I think, is what a lot of people are letting us know. I think that's right. Um, I will try to link in the show notes to our great good friend Gregory Seda's specific comment about the Pet Shop Boys, which was quite a bit longer than this. But I did want to read part of it because um, this was just like a tone poem that he wrote. Um, 
The closest I ever came to a perfect 80s movie day in real life was waking up at age 11 to Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go on the clock radio on July 4th, 1986, the day that would see my 16-year-old brother send our kind of jerky uncle to the hospital because that uncle dared my brother to prove that Taekwondo is a real thing, and then all the cousins had to scramble to get the illegal fireworks back inside before the paramedics came, and I was wearing jams and high tops with perfectly scrunched tube socks, and it really was all because of that song. Brilliant. I mean, brilliant. Yeah. And then he goes on to talk about um, George and Andrew being his saviors and Wham inviting him to the party. Um, but he would have to wait for the Pet Shop Boys to teach him how to play it cool when he was finally old enough to attend the party. And uh, I mean, it's just a gorgeous comment. It's like a Gregory, short story. That sh- it's like an essay that should be published. It's, it's an incredible Gregory. It's incredible. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to take a moment to sit with that comment and with the more-ness of music that it makes for all of us and it's why we make this podcast and have so much fun talking about it with each other and with y'all um i will also add that marnie said that she thought the song was eastern boys and western girls for quote more years than i should have same girl (laughs) same um i have a duran duran clip hit it But I will say before that, I think that Duran Duran wins this without too much trouble. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. But um, first, uh, let's not be lonely in our nightmares. Here's a clip. I mean, if you want some florid lyrics, they've got them. Um, I've never that heard song that song is just before. like uh, that's it's on Rio, I think. Well, it's I mean, I'm it's so sexy. Yeah, um, I love them. I also love Wham. But here we are at. Uh, I don't know. This one is going to be a tough one for me, but I think I'm going to vote Duran Duran because of the arguments made by. Um, listeners that they are more enduring and uh, sort of lasted longer in like their original incarnation and also as a band. Um, But it's going to be tough. I'm really going to have to fight myself, I think, on it. Uh, Mark, what do you see happening in this Well, I think that I will also vote for Duran Duran. I think. Oh, but I love George Michael. I know. I, know. It's, it's, it, I think, though, that I'm going to try to be a rational voter and remember that we're looking for the best British band of the 80s. Yeah. And that is, Duran Duran is so much more and of a band. And who is more of, yeah, like they are so essentially this and even, bracket. even when Wham! was Wham!, it was still really a solo act. You know, like, George, yeah. what did Andrew Ridgely really do other than hopefully one day finish his memoir? Yes, and have that day be soon, like now. So I feel like that that is why Duran Duran has to take it here. And Mm. that has nothing against the genius and perpetual lovability and joy-inspiring wonder of George Michael. 
No. I mean, they were ranked number three for a reason, but Duran Duran was ranked number one for a reason, and I I don't see why I'm giving them too much trouble. So before we move on to the other side of the bracket, let's take a magical pause. We're going to take a quick break from looking at the best British bands of the 80s to do a birthday chart reading. Yes, that means that if I know the song that was number one on the day that you were born, I can tell you your entire destiny. Uh, And I think it's time to (laughs) predict the destiny today for Ron. This reading is sponsored, Ron, by your wife, Amy. And Ron, as you may well know, you were born on March 24th, 1961, which means it's almost your birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, So... Amy had me look into your chart, as it were, and I discovered that the number one song on the day that you were born was Surrender by Elvis Presley. Let's take a listen. When we kiss my heart on fire Burning with a strange desire And I know each time I kiss you on the fire too So my darling please surrender think i ever heard that song in my life i hadn't heard it until we did this today and i have to say i like it a lot and it was one of the best-selling songs of all time still is in fact not even past tense it's one of the best-selling songs of all time it was number one for five weeks and here's something i think is really interesting that song is actually an adaptation of an italian ballad from 1902 called Torna a Sorrento, or Come Back to Sorrento. And I think it is very telling, Ron, for the destiny of your success, because we are predicting the destiny of your success here. This, after all, is the information we received from the song that was number one on the day you were born. I think it's very telling for the destiny of your success that this is how this song came to be. It's also, I think, quite telling that at just one minute and 52 seconds, it is one of the shortest number one songs in history as well. So here's what I think this means for you, Ron. And this can apply to your personal life, your professional life. It's really up to you to sort of apply this. I just sort of divine what I divine, and then you have to take it the rest of the way. But, you know, we all have a part to play. I feel like that for you, this, this tells me that there's some element of your life in which you are able to take inspiration from something that seems like it's, quote, unquote, not part of your world. You've been able to hear or see or experience something that is outside of your daily routine and see how you can apply it to yourself. And you've had great success with that. And I think it's also worth noting that in this song, Elvis's vocal is very, very different than it usually is on almost all of his recordings. There's this extra operatic flair. So maybe in looking outside of your typical zone, you found something that unlocked something in you. And that was one of the reasons that it was able to push you forward. But the fact also remains that you were able to make that change and make that huge success 
successful impact with a certain amount of alacrity or speed. Uh, the song is short, meaning that you don't need to take a lot of time to figure out if this new thing is right. Maybe you know when it's right and you can just act. Or maybe there's something that is coming from outside of your world right now that you think might be good for you and you're not sure if you should do it. Well, yes, you should do it and you should just act without hesitation because you will undoubtedly have success. Ron, I hope you enjoyed that reading. I certainly enjoyed giving it to you and I know that Amy wishes you a happy birthday. Listeners, if you would like to have a chart reading for yourself or someone that you love, just shoot us an email at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com or contact us via Facebook, and we will be happy to let you know how you too can get your chart destiny read. But now, let's go back to the tournament. Okay, Sarah, uh, let's go, I think, first to the sophistication station bracket or division which is on the right side of the bracket i don't think anyone is surprised that tears for fears thoroughly walloped fine young cannibals to advance uh this was I, that walloping was pr- a pretty intense wall we haven't seen a walloping that wallopy since the first round yeah. that was I think something even after the fire got a higher percentage of votes <laughs> than fine young cannibal got in this face off against Gla? tears for fears So Tears for Fears, no shock, moved on. But I do think it's worth noting that um, our listener, Kelly McGee, writes, I voted for Fine Young Cannibals previously, but I also listened to my songs from the Big Chair tape on my Walkman while sitting next to my grandparents' pool and eating my Nana's Triscuits for hours and hours. So that (laughs) has my heart. And I I concur, You had me at Triscuits. I mean, if your grandmama's Triscuits got you there, please share some with me. Uh, Now... Mm. Here's something that wasn't quite as cut and dry. Tears for Fears is going to be facing off against Squeeze. Now, granted, Squeeze was ranked number two, but for a while there, Sade was in the lead. And they lost that lead ultimately to Squeeze. And I have to say that even if Sade had kept the slim lead that it had on Facebook, it never was going to overcome the lead that Squeeze had on Patreon. So it really looked like that the patrons had guaranteed that uh, Squeeze was moving forward for for quite a bit, and then it turns out that that was correct. Um, Kit Keller writes, I was tortured by Sade during my youth due to my dad's inexplicable love for smooth jazz, the worst of all <laughs> jazzes. But her voice <laughs> slash their sound is just so unique that I gotta hand it, I gotta hand them my vote. I got such a powerful synesthesia reaction to Sade songs that only comes from Sade songs. So, fair point. Mm. A fair argument for why she voted for them, not that they won. Um, I also think it's worth noting that Dancer Soros, who came to our tournament via the Thompson Twins, has stayed with us and has been contributing <laughs> amazing know. things. Hey, buddy. And uh, Dancer Soros has been really doing a great job of just like making us abreast of, uh, making us aware of the squeeze touring schedule for the upcoming few months. <laughs> and he even posted a link to pre-sale discounts, which I think is probably expired by the time you're hearing this, but it was so awesome. So dancer Soros, thank you for giving us the opportunity to get cheap tickets to squeeze. Thank you for participating. Um, and squeeze. Thanks you too, because now they are moving on to the elite eight. Um, Sarah, I feel like I honestly don't know what's going to happen here. I don't either. I think tears for fears, wins but tears for fears has also faced some like maybe not all that strong competition so far like they are a number one seed and i stand by that decision but i mean that they were never gonna be threatened by the fix they were never really gonna be threatened by naked eyes 
the victory over Fine Young Cannibals was a little too easy, and I think Squeeze fans like myself would like just like them or love them more. Like I like Tears for Fears a lot. I love Squeeze. Yeah. So I'm voting for Squeeze, but I'm just not sure how I, this goes. I'm voting for Squeeze as well because as I think we've charted on the journey of this tournament, I have become a Squeeze fan and listened to them yet again today. Uh, mm, and Tears, same. Tears for Fears is great. Their songs are perfect for a certain moment of the day of the week when you're feeling a little extra. But <laughs> Squeeze has so many different sounds. It's one of the things I've been enjoying. They have a song for every possible situation. The 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 sound of the singing changes with every song. They're such an mm-hmm. elastic band that I'm really into them. So I'm going to vote for Squeeze too. And it is going to be interesting to see, like you just pointed out, Tears for Fears going up a real going up against a real contender for the first time. Yeah, guess we'll find. But these are you know seeds one and two in this region. So. So, which also means good on you for your good picking. I guess. Now we're going to get to the division. And then there's the flip side of that. Now we're getting to the division of fuckery and schemes. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. Rock this island. I mean, if you look oh back at who. Oh, my God. Rock this island. If you're you look you're back killing at, me. If you look back at the original contenders in this division, there were a lot of crazy people. I mean, this was the musical youth division. This is where Tapal was. But we should have maybe renamed this What in the Actual Fuck, because that <laughs> seems to be the reaction to every single matchup and to U2's like continuing. Yeah. But like, and yet they persist. And every time someone's like, guys, we're like, we know. We know they're English. Irish. <laughs> Australia and Israel are both competing in Eurovision. Israel just won Eurovision. Oh, Think of oh that God. as the model. Um, I, I, so you two handily beat madness, um, which I'm not surprised by. And there's been a lot of you two back and forth. Uh, Patrick Felton writes uh, that he loves you two. And he says, I can name about 30 songs of theirs that I would put as all time greats. And about 10 of those come from the eighties. Take a listen to something like the unforgettable fire or new year's Mm. day or red hill mining town. There's something ferocious about those eighties vocals. And, uh, he goes on to say that he understands if Bono was a little too, too for some people, but he also encourages us to listen to what the music was like in the 80s, which I have to say, you're not wrong. Uh, Corey mm, Henderson also, Corey Henderson adds, you guys, I can't apologize for loving 1980s U2. I also love some 1990s and 2000s U2, but I start getting more embarrassed about that <clears throat> as the timeline <laughs> goes on. But War and Under a Blood Red Sky and Unforgettable Fire and Joshua Tree, that's a killer run. My husband and I allow for time travel on our lists, which Mm. means the list of people you're allowed to fuck outside the marriage. So my husband and I allow for time travel on our lists, in quotes, and 1987 Bono will never not be on mine. (laughs) I and there was like a problematic hat and I I still (laughs) would like here's the thing. Like maybe this is because I had this like U2 super stand in my math class in the late 80s. But like. It's one of those like things like the West Wing forums used to be on television without pity. Like the show is not the issue. It's some of the people who feel like they know the show personally that are the issue. Yes. This is not a subtweet at any of our listeners. I just want to make that extremely clear. But like there was just something about you two that held me at arm's length, and that's always been true. However, 80s Bono, 
and can and will get it. Like you're you're invited. This is an offer that does not expire. Stipulated. Um, now I want to talk to you about who you two is up against because <laughs> y'all, when when Mama put on her crystal ball. Which I guess she wears. Who knows? The point is, I did sure. not see this one coming. Genesis will not be facing Def Leppard, as I... I mean, sorry, I just gave it away. Shit. Well, it doesn't matter. You two will not be facing Def Leppard, as I thought. They will be facing Genesis, who also are here because just... of Patreon votes. It was a five-vote victory that Genesis received, and that is because of the lead that they had on Patreon. So our patrons are here for it. And here's the thing. I'm going to just be Mary Mary Phil Collins contrary. I'm not mad about it, and I'm voting for Genesis because they've both got lead singers, both of these bands, that people find infuriating. But I think <laughs> that Genesis makes really good music. And um, I'm not the only one, I feel I should add, because... Um, uh, Emily Giordamo writes this amazing, this is a, what you're about to hear is also a short story. Genesis plays in the background of most of my high school memories, not always by choice, but still the fact that they <laughs> used earth, wind and fire's horn section for no reply at all should be all the reason you need to vote for them. Also enough already with the sugar pouring Def Leppard. God, who the hell wants sugar poured on them? Is it granulated, powdered, brown? The whole thing feels more messy than it's worth is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had this exact discussion in the Mastess episode that it's like, you know what? <laughs> Just a sweet and low packet. Let's not get crazy. Yeah, seriously. But Mike uh, Dunn adds, he's stunned by this poll. He figured Def Lep in a runaway with, mm. Phil, with Phil Collins' hate being the main reason. And he adds, I'm still bitter he won the Oscar over Amy Mann. Oh, we're all still bitter about that. <laughs> like, that goes without saying. I think even Phil Collins is fairly bitter about that, to tell you the truth. But then Daniel Ren Johnson adds, as soon as I turned off today's podcast, I flipped over to the radio and what should be playing but Easy Lover. Granted, it's not Genesis. It's Phil Collins and Philip Bailey, but I'm still going to give Genesis credit for it. It's a hot 80s jam, and I voted Genesis all the way. So there clearly is a groundswell of support. I mean, these comments yeah, and the Yeah, I mean, and I feel won. like if people are going to bring in Phil Collins' hate to vote against Genesis, then it's only fair that people bring in Phil Collins' solo love yeah. to vote for them. And, you know, you've got Bono hate, you've got Phil Collins hate, you've got U2 love, you've got Genesis love. This is a contentious competition, and I expect mm. there to you be... You might even say it's madness, oh. except you can't, because oh, they lost. I can't say it. Well, here's the, <laughs> here's the thing. I just want to play a clip from That's All, Genesis's first top 10 hit in America. Just listen to how much happens in the background of this song, in the instrumental track. And this is just one snippet, but listen to how much goes on in this little snippet. That's a really good point, Mark. 
Yeah, like I know, I don't think I ever really contemplated that. Also, that's a really nice vocal from uh, Old Philly. It is, and I just felt like one of the things I wanted to bring up as we move into the Elite Eight is that that's a great song. Not only because it's catchy and the vocal is great, but there's like. 75 things happening underneath him (laughs) yeah and it really gives that song a lot of depth and texture and this is what we're voting for we're not voting for syrupy ballad from the 1999 animated disaster tarzan and uh (laughs) this is why i will be voting for phil collins and mike rutherford and the third guy (laughs) tony tony i think his name is tony tony something tony Tony something tony banks is his name i will be voting for the three of them with all due respect to Genesis, I to you too, um, I love the Octune Baby album, but that came out in the 90s. So I will be voting mm. for Genesis. Sarah, what do you think is going to happen? Um, I do not move in mysterious ways. I am voting for Genesis, but this is not a vote against you two. It is a vote for Genesis. I was just uh, immersing myself once again in the Invisible Touch album uh, the other day, and it, most of it holds up. There's a little bit of squawking, but... I mean, who among us, et cetera. So <laughs> I am voting for Genesis, and I I think they win. I, I am not sure, but I think they win. I think that this is the point where people start to realize that they don't want an Irish band winning this tournament, and they start to use Genesis as a way to help them get away from that. Mm. Because Genesis yeah. is also great. U2 is great. Genesis is great. You know, we're there. We're even now. They're all great. We're great. You guys are great. great. Um, Even more than we were in the last round, we are down to a no filler, all killer lineup at this point. Mm. Yeah, um, I am sort of pleased that I ranked these more or less correctly. And I think that the things that we thought would happen are beginning to happen. But it's still it's still roof sometimes to see some of these losses. Um, Oh, God, yes. But it's also extremely entertaining, and I really hope the listeners are having as much fun as we are. Um, we're going to wrap this single up because Mark's got somewhere to be, and I've got to edit this biatch before building the polls. Um, but speaking of those, you can find them on our Facebook page. That's podcast on Facebook. And if you're a patron, perhaps you've noticed that I keep making mistakes on the Patreon polls and having <laughs> to delete them and repost them. But I promise that the one I made for tomorrow is fine. or it's not we're all gonna get through this together (laughs) that's all this is mark and sarah talk about sauce thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.